So I guess maybe, maybe a couple points here, but one for me, make sure you're in a comfortable spot with taking the risk to start a new venture. Um, so for me, I, I was basically able to sleep at night because I'm like, all right, well, you know, I've, I've strategically done this. I didn't just ditch my corporate job willy nilly overnight. <laughs> um, I had been, you know, saving up and strategically planning again. So I would at least have some runway, be comfortable with being able to make some decisions. And that allowed me to focus on the business for the first year without getting too distracted um, early on. So that was really great. And as an add on to that, um, a supportive network, a supportive team, um, supportive people in your life. So it is really hard to um, go it alone, especially as a solo entrepreneur, um, without having a good support network. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Erin Khan. And Erin uh, uh, started her journey, was uh, born and raised in New York uh, after her parents uh, migrated, I think, from South America um, up to up to New York and then uh, went to high school there. Um, I didn't know necessarily what she wanted to do. So she went off to college as uh, undecided, um, studied uh, liberal yeah. arts for a period of time and then uh, moved over to a math and sciences uh, portion and I think studied uh, civil engineering. Um, and then did a senior uh, year internship building uh, or with doing campus buildings. Um, and then uh, most of the people on that didn't uh, know a lot about technology. So got into uh, technology that relates to construction, worked for a few big players. And then uh, not too long ago, started their own uh, consulting firm, uh, helping uh, construction businesses with technology. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the <laughs> podcast, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Devin, and fantastic summary. Wow, you really got it all in there in just a couple sentences. So uh, I'll have to refine my elevator pitch, I think. But yeah, I'm really, really happy to be here. Hey, excited to have you on. So I just gave the the summarized version to a, a much longer journey, but uh, why don't we uh, rewind and unpack a little bit? Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about how your journey got uh, started uh, in New York. Yeah, so um, I guess I'll start, you know, high school, uh, I was a pretty good student, so I really loved learning anything and everything, but one of the really unique experiences, I think that, you know, looking, I didn't realize this at the time, but looking back, I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty formative. Um, my, my middle school and high school had offered courses in metal shop, in wood shop, and even had extra classes that you could take that even let you learn how to use CAD. Um, so like using CAD as like a ninth grader or whatever um, is pretty crazy. I don't think most uh, students get exposed to it um, that early on, but uh, it was just something I found myself naturally enjoying. Um, it was, it came kind of easy and I, I really liked it, but um, as uh, with, you know, typical school, there's all of your regular courses, math, science, you know, the whole um, gambit. And I also did a whole bunch with music. So 
uh, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to to focus on. Um, so you mentioned I I started as undecided in college, which is completely true. So I, I really had no idea where I was going or what I was going to be doing. Um, but uh, it, it was a really interesting experience for me. So I studied at the University of Southern California here in LA. And at first, I was in the liberal arts college, had no idea what I was going to focus on. I tried all sorts of classes just to get exposed to um, a lot of different things, which I, I would really encourage uh, anybody out there who's also questioning, what am I supposed to do or what am I interested in um, to try as many things as possible. But what I found myself drawn to was getting back into a little bit of the technical side of things, um, figuring out how to solve problems, but doing that in a collaborative team environment that also helped give something back to the community. Um, so that's kind of a lot to pack into uh, one umbrella. But what I found is that civil engineering really kind of ticks off a lot of those those things. So you have the technical components. Um, when you're building structures and buildings, it of course is going, or the intent is that it's going to be used by the occupants and the community for many years to come. Um, so there's a lasting impact, like really a physical lasting impact that you're working to create. And you're doing so amongst so, so many stakeholders. So nothing gets built by one person alone. Um, we have to do it in teams. And that was really attractive. So um, that's that's how I got into studying civil engineering, I guess. Um, makes, makes good sense. Now, you got yeah. into studying uh, civil engineering now, I think if I remember when we chatted a bit before, kind of towards the end of your schooling or getting or mm -hmm. kind of senior year, you started getting into construction and yeah. found out that, you know, there wasn't a lot of leveraging or utilization of technology or kind of walk us through a little bit of that. Yeah, 100%. So, um, yeah, it, it came to be that there were internship opportunities available for construction not quite civil engineering, but, you know, I was like, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let's do it. I, I, I like this, you know, building thing. Um, so I started as a project engineer, uh, renovating one of the buildings on my campus, um, which was so amazing because, uh, I mean, one, the commute couldn't be a beat. <laughs> and then, um, two, it's, it's just a nice legacy to be part of, you know, your alma mater in that way. Um, but it, what I noticed immediately, like the stuff that I was learning in school, like we have these fancy computer programs and, uh, you know, modern ways of communicating with digital everything, um, it didn't quite exist in construction. So uh, my job as the intern, which I think is what a lot of interns roles are, is to do the busy work. And for me, it was like managing stacks of paper and like, hmm, well, is this really the best use of my time? Could potentially using things like digital drawings and other technologies help make this more efficient and effective and have better communication? So it was just a, a huge eye-opener um, for me being like, oh, wow, you know, this, this is a really cool industry, but there's also so much opportunity. Um, so I think what happens with a lot of folks who kind of get into construction, they might be disappointed by that. Like, oh, I thought it'd be cooler. I didn't, I didn't think I'd 
um, be working with, you know, a lot of manual things. It's not as fancy or sophisticated as I thought. Um, but for me, I was like, oh, this is, this is so much opportunity. We can work together. We can improve. I think like the natural problem solving, um, and community building and me kind of came forward to rise to that opportunity. So it was just so exciting to me. Um, so yeah, uh, so early on in those project experiences, I always kept coming back to technology at some point, like, hey, let's use digital PDFs. Um, Bluebeam Review is one uh, specific software that was really formative for me in those early years. Um, and I still support um, their, you know, community programs as well, uh, because it's, it's a great solution. So, uh, yeah, always kept coming back to the tech. And then when there was an opportunity to really commit, um, more to, you know, developing processes and, uh, working with different software solutions to make things way more efficient in construction, I, I kind of jumped at that. So now just kind of to, to fill in that in. So you, you did that during the senior year, kind of got that yeah. under ability to or get got that opportunity to see hey there's a, an opportunity to integrate tech and maybe utilize utilize it more and uh, you know improve on that area mm -hmm. now you graduated and i think before you kind of got yeah. into your own thing you went and worked for others or kind of walked through a little bit after graduation where you where you initially headed yeah yeah so so um i was at morley builders for my early career here in socal and then i eventually moved on to suffolk construction so suffolk is a large national general contractor um, they're headquartered in boston but um, when i moved over to suffolk at the time they had just built out um, this is like super cool uh, they had just built out construction labs um, and innovation labs in their major offices which at the time, I don't think, and I, I still don't think um, many other GCs have, have done that. So it was a really true commitment to bringing the industry forward. And I, that was where I wanted to be. So um, I came on board, I think in 2018 with Suffolk, first as a regional director um, in Los Angeles, running one of the labs, helping to source technology test it out with the operations teams, evaluate them, see how, you know, how well the product worked or solution worked, scaling up the ones that worked really well, um, that also worked really well across a variety of projects. Um, and then, you know, just kind of fostering that community, that environment and innovation culture. Um, so eventually was in the national director role there doing a lot more of the same, um, just, a, a kind of across the board, but yeah, so that was basically, uh, one of the experiences that will always stand out is like being on that Suffolk team running innovation, being with, uh, other fellow, you know, construction innovators and technologists that were just as passionate and, uh, excited about doing all the same stuff together no make or sounds like it was a great opportunity to kind of uh, leverage both the uh, things that you enjoyed as well as uh, some of the background and exposure you had with other previous positions so now yeah. you joined there 2018 or so you said now yeah um, at some point you kind of transitioned to deciding that you're gonna do your own thing, go on your own path so walk us through a little bit as to how you kind of made that decision or, or transition yeah from working there to, to doing your own thing? Yeah, I, I get this question all the time too. Like, well, it seems like you had a really great role there. Like, why did you want to change it up, right? Um, which 
hundred percent phenomenal experience at Suffolk. But uh, I think for me, I always want to do more. I feel like I'm never really satisfied. I kind of also got a little tired of the corporate grind, which I think uh, a lot of us do at one point or another. And there, there's just more creative opportunities that I was seeing um, in the industry. And then also that I just wanted to personally achieve for myself. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I know I want to do this thing at some point. I don't know exactly when, but why not now? It's a pretty good time. Um, and then the other thing as well, that was also um, a plus for my situation is that uh, I was I was basically set up where I could take um, a risk for about a year or so, maybe a little bit more and kind of see where it went. So I was like, well, you know, it's a good time, at least for me. Let me go see how how it turns out to, you know, jump ship, run your own business and um, be an entrepreneur. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to industry. Um, you know, it's it, it seemed it seemed like it was the right time um, for me, at least. So, yeah. So kind of with that, you know, mindset, desire, uh, you know, doing your own thing, maybe taking a break from the corporate grind, which I agree a lot mm -hmm. of, especially if you're entrepreneur minded, makes uh, perfect sense. So you get into all of that. Now, how did you figure out what that thing was that you were going to do or how, you know, whether it's starting yeah. your business, doing consulting, going off and doing something completely different and kind of how did you figure out what what that was going to be or, or kind of uh, yeah. what direction you're going to head? Yeah, so I, I think I always knew for a while, like, yeah, I want to do my own business at some point. Um, and then for what I was going to do, it wasn't so much of like, well, what should I focus on? It was really more so like, let me just be myself and bring my skills to the industry and see where that goes. Um, and through my experience in, you know, the past decade plus of being in the industry, I've noticed specific trends and needs come up over and over and over again. And there's really no clear way to address them, um, specifically between, you know, contractors that are trying to be innovative and build, build better. And, you know, tech providers that have good solutions, but really kind of need a little bit of help of connecting with those actors. So in my mind, I was like, I think I can fill that gap pretty well. I've kind of been on both sides for a bit of time and have the experience of seeing the strengths and weaknesses and where each side can connect with the other. So it was really about bringing myself to the industry. So it wasn't so much of you know, let me figure out what it's going to be. It was more so um, let me just put myself out there more and share my skills with, um, you know, those who could potentially benefit. And so, I mean, I've touched on it a little bit with like the contractors and the tech providers, but yeah, there, there's more I could dive into there as well. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit. What was kind of the business? What did you set up? Kind of yeah. how did you go about starting to get income, make money, yeah. business and all that kind of walk us through that a bit. Yeah. So um, the first year, which was last year, so I'm still very, very new into this. So um, happy birthday to my business, January's uh, when we turned one. Uh, so uh, the first six months or so definitely was um, like ramping up. So as expected, had to get a lot of things in place with starting out. 
But what I figured is contractors need help with um, bringing technology into their organizations and training on it and scaling it up, right? So um, a lot of large organizations are able to source those resources internally or have whole departments to tackle them. But the rest of the industry, your small to mid-sized contractors and your mom and pop shops, there really aren't any resources for them. So for those types of businesses, what they can do instead of investing in a full-time resource that might not be in their budget or um, creating a whole new department, which might be, you know, not on their, uh, you know, their annual planning or whatever the case may be, they can partner with someone like me um, to provide like on-call advisory, um, to do strategic training and to essentially act as like a fractional um, innovation manager or innovation officer to support their business in those areas. Um, so it's that part of my business is designed to give dedicated, consistent support to builders, especially with technology. And with my experience, um, it's giving a really deep dive into that side of the, the industry um, to give them um, the best way to connect with solutions that will solve their problems effectively. Um, so that's one side of it. And then with the startup and technology provider side, one of the things that just personally frustrated me throughout my career was seeing potentially great solutions, but they just needed a tweak here or there, or they just needed some feedback to really bring it to great. Um, or seeing solutions that were just created by a really strong technical team, but the technical team didn't know too much about construction. So they were kind of missing on the communication piece there. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I, I really wanted to help support is coaching startups on how to give better product pitches, um, specifically to builders. Uh, I've sat in great ones. I've sat in a lot of really bad ones as well. So um, without being able to give feedback. So now I can give that feedback and I can give that coaching and I hope it results in um, better connections between the two. Um, and then with startups, so they, the startups come in all different sizes, shapes, colors, situations. Um, so there's so, so much more to do there with them. Um, so other areas in which I've supported them through my business is developing case study packages, uh, sitting down with their, their clients to hear the story from them as like an independent resource. Like, Hey, so what's good about the product? What's not so great about the product? Um, are there any stories we can highlight? And then also helping to provide um, product roadmap feedback, uh, pricing workshops and exercises, things like that. So it's for the for the startup side, it's um, a variety of services, but it's uh, intended to help support startups are, of all stages. Awesome. Well, sounds like uh, some yeah. great areas in the or our happy birthday for the business. And now <laughs> kind of with that, you know, to, to kind of follow along that now, if you were to say, okay, you've kind of been in this for about a year, about a year, yeah. I've just kind of had the the business birthday. Where do you see things headed kind of the next uh, six to 12 months for you? Yeah, um, it's exciting. So <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity out there. Uh, I 
I think um, getting into much longer term agreements, there are a lot of contractors uh, that, like right now that are starting to see in, the change in the industry and starting to believe in it. And I think a big piece of it as well, um, artificial intelligence is a huge buzzword these days, but especially in construction, um, it's kind of uh, a game changer because smaller to mid-sized companies can potentially use these tools and, you know, grow leaps and bounds and be able to compete on different levels. And we're, as a collective industry, trying to figure out the whole AI thing together. So a lot of contractors are looking for resources in this area. And for me, it's super exciting because it's like, oh yeah, I've been looking into this stuff for a while. Like, let's, let's talk about your AI strategy or what your goals are that you want to achieve with bringing technology into your organization. So um, yeah, the opportunities are really exciting this year. So I'm hoping to focus a bit more, um, especially with contractors, I think, with getting them more regular support, especially with um, standing up things like uh, tech committees, right? So I've had a couple um, interested parties reach out like, hey, like, what's this whole deal with AI? Should we set up an AI committee? What does that even mean? Um, so I think that's going to be huge moving forward. Um, and then, yeah, doing more of the same. I really hope to uh, keep getting my voice out there. So social media is huge. I have a YouTube channel that has nothing on it. I have a TikTok that has nothing on it. I have an Instagram that has a little bit on it, but uh, I just really want to reach more out there and also reach um, the idea with the social media is uh, up and coming um, generations uh, to inspire them to really join construction because uh, we do have a serious labor shortage issue and technology, I firmly believe, is going to be one of the big attractors to um, getting new people into our industry and uh, closing that gap. So, yeah, that's what's awesome. on the, the radar for the next year. Sounds like uh, some uh, great opportunities yet ahead and a lot of uh, great, uh, or great possibilities. So definitely uh, wish you the best of luck on that. So... Well, now as we've kind of reached the, the present day of the journey and even looking a bit into the future of where things are headed, great time to transition to the two questions I always like to ask at the end of each episode. So we're going to jump to those now. So the first question I always like to ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from it? Yeah, so I wasn't, I, I don't think it's necessarily a decision or uh, more so lack of a decision, uh, <laughs> but I definitely put off for too long um, registering, and this is specific for um, those who are probably close to my demographic, but uh, I, I put off registering for all of the like minority, women-owned, disadvantaged business, small business enterprise um, certifications, which when I finally got into it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much paperwork. It takes forever. I have no clue how this thing even works. Um, and then also like anything uh, with government processes, I just underestimated how long it would take. Um, so <laughs> keeping an eye on that, doubling, tripling your expectation in terms of time and turnaround and also the learning curve was huge. So um, learn about that stuff, the certification pieces sooner rather than later, uh, because it's something that can definitely help your business. So there are a whole bunch of other opportunities that 
open up when you do have that stuff in place, but you do have to go through the process um, of getting there. So yeah, that took me a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, so I would have done that way sooner than, than I did. Right. Sounds like, you know, definitely yeah. uh, something to, you know, a lot of times you put things off with the paperwork with all this involved. And yet, uh, you know, yeah. if you'd uh, done that a little bit earlier, can uh, provide a lot of benefits. So it sounds like an easy mistake to, to make, but a great one to learn from. Second question now that I like to ask is, so now if you're talking to somebody that's uh, just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you give them? Yeah. So I guess maybe, maybe a couple points here, but one for me, make sure you're in a comfortable spot with taking the risk to start a new venture. Um, so for me, I, I was basically able to sleep at night because I'm like, all right, well, you know, I've, I've strategically done this. I didn't just ditch my corporate job willy nilly overnight. <laughs> um, I had been, you know, saving up and strategically planning again. So I would at least have some runway, be comfortable with being able to make some decisions. And that allowed me to focus on the business for the first year without getting too distracted um, early on. So that was really great. And as an add on to that, um, a supportive network, a supportive team, um, supportive people in your life. So it is really hard to um, go it alone, especially as a solo entrepreneur. Um, without having a good support network. So for me, that of course is uh, my husband is a big major supporter. So thank you. <laughs> and then um, a question I get all the time is like, so how did you build up your network in the industry? I'm like, well, you have to show up consistently and build relationships um, and then investing in those relationships and continue continuing to show up on a regular basis um, will help build that support and build that network. So uh, it was a process over, you know, my whole career, right? We look at 11 plus years more, like just consistently showing up to everything construction tech related, having the conversations, being willing to take a phone call and just see what somebody has to offer and say. Um, so being open to, to making those connections, um, over a long period of time really helps to build, build some support for you. So yeah, have that ready definitely. to go before you dive in. Well, definitely some, uh, great piece of, there are pieces of advice and some, uh, great takeaways. So thank you for that. So with that, now, as we, uh, do wrap up towards the, uh, the end of the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more. Yeah. Um, so let's see a couple ways. Uh, I'll always throw out my LinkedIn. Um, so I do actually go through my messages. <laughs> so feel free to stalk me on LinkedIn. You can message me there. Um, my name is E-R-I-N-K-H-A-N. So H before the A. Um, and then you can also email me Aaron at AaronConConsulting.com. Um, so yeah, that's the best way. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to uh, reach out, support a great business, uh, make a new connection. If nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Aaron, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of your listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. 
couple more things as listeners, make sure to click share, subscribe, leave us a review, helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success. And on that note, if along your journey, you ever need help with patents or trademarks or anything else with your startup, or your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Well, thank you again, Aaron, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin. Great to be here. Appreciate it.